0: on our quest to nurture and to celebrate our young creators. Hey, hey, everyone. I'm Young Pratt, and I want to welcome you back to Our Young Creators, the podcast. I just wrapped up an interview with Meg Brunson of the Familypreneur podcast. If you remember, we recently interviewed Meg for our podcast, and I had the great privilege of being a guest on her podcast today and talking about kids and creativity and entrepreneurism, some of my favorite topics. Now, if you are new to this page, welcome. I'm so glad you're tuning in live, catching the replay, or maybe even listening over on the podcast. Today is day number two for me of our 100-day Go Live Challenge with my collaborator, Tasha Cole. Now, if you want to find out more about this challenge and get in on this exciting adventure as well, it's absolutely free. You can head over to bit.ly slash 100 days of FB live and you'll get all the details and be invited to join us inside of our private Facebook group so we can hold one another accountable and cheer each other on during our 100 day journey. So today on the interview with Meg, we are really talking about how can parents really instill this idea of entrepreneurism? What can we do? And I answered her by saying, you know, when we as parents are curious about the world around us and are always seeking to learn more information because we wanna know about it, not because someone's making us, not because it's a school assignment, but just simply because we are curious. That was really the way for me to lead my kids into becoming part of my business and now for them to be able to work for other people because I was curious about what would happen if I invited them to join me in this adventure that is our business that gets to serve people across the world. And that really led me to thinking about one of our probably the most popular podcast episode we've had to date, is one, all about the question, do schools kill kids' creativity? And it's interesting, because if you know anything about my journey in podcasting, you might remember that I started my first podcast way back in 2013. And this episode actually aired as one of the first on that podcast in 2013. And now fast forward to 2018, and it is still the top downloaded, most listened to episode of our entire podcast history. And I think that's a clue as to what parents around the globe may be thinking and about how we might be able to do better as parents to help instill the sense of creativity in our kids, even during the school day, when they may or may not be able to use that skill. Firstly, I have a question for you. I'd love for you to answer down below. If you're listening on the podcast, come on over to the website and just do a search for Kids and Creativity. Find this video in the podcast episode and answer. My question is, Do you feel that schools kill kids' creativity? Type yes or no down below. I'm really curious to know how you weigh in on this question because I can only speak from personal experience. And my personal experience is this, that when we made the choice to put our kids into public school, then bring them home for a year and a half and homeschool them, and then had them go back to public school, it was really interesting to see the amount of creative pursuits our kids were getting involved in in those different settings. During our homeschool setting, it was really based about creativity and being able to make our own choices and set up our own schedules that work best for how we operate and when we're at our best, whether morning, middle of the day, afternoon, evening. There was a lot of creativity already baked in to what the day looked like. And as soon as they were done with their school studies, which may or may not have included creative activities, they would go off and do something creative. They would make something, they would create a new play, they would create a new dance. They were always involved in these creative pursuits. And I, as a parent, loved that so much about homeschooling. When we made the choice to send them back to school, it was kind of a difficult one because what I realized is that each of my kids learns very differently as I'm sure yours do as well. There's eight different ways in which we are smart, if you will. And I learned this concept of multiple intelligences back in graduate school when I was introduced to the work of Harvard professor Howard Gardner. And I really took this idea of understanding how we all learn and being able to see that play out in my own kids. And from these experiences, I actually ended up writing and publishing my first book called Raising a Superhero, based on these eight different ways to be smart, which I refer to as superpowers. We each have our own superpowers and the way that we like to do things the best, the way that we like to learn things and that which comes most easily to us. You know, some people have to move their bodies in order to learn. And that's a kinesthetic le- learner or a kinesthetic superhero. That's very much me. I had a hard time sitting still in classrooms. I would do it, but it, would, it was just torturous to have to sit there and be still for so long during the day. So I took to tapping my foot or, you know, bouncing my leg up and down because I just needed something to help my brain make the connections I needed to make. When I was younger... I had no idea that's what I was doing. It wasn't until I was in my mid to late 20s in graduate school and had my own kids that I started understanding what this idea of multiple intelligences and multiple ways to learn really meant for myself and my kids. For me, it explained a lot of how things unfolded for me as a child, especially on things like standardized tests. I could not understand why I could score in in a class why I could always you know get A's and B's and have a really good GPA but when it came to these standardized tests I would do embarrassingly on them. I would I would do so poorly that I didn't even want to share my results with my friends whose scores were significantly higher than mine. And for years I had this feeling of myself that I just wasn't smart enough because I didn't score a certain percentage or a certain score on any sort of standardized tests, especially those ones that were for college admission or later graduate school admission. It was devastating. I just had this feeling that I wasn't good enough. And then when I coupled that feeling with some of the struggles my kids were having in school, it all really kind of came back to this idea of creativity. Now, what I see in our own public school experience is that there are not lots of times during a regular school day where our kids get to indulge, I guess is a good word, in the act of being creative, meaning they're solving problems. They're really using a lot of skills of synthesis on what they've learned and putting things together in a unique way. They're critically thinking. And I don't see a lot of evidence of that. And maybe in your schools, you do. And if you're homeschooling, you most certainly do already see that because you're creating that experience. But in a standard day, there's not a lot of time spent in creative pursuits. Back in 2013, when I first recorded this episode about do schools kill creativity, it was based on a video that I watched by Sir Kenneth Robinson, really talking about ways that schools put our kids into boxes. And by doing so, they actually shrink their capacity to be as creative as they could be. And he used this example of a young girl whose school sent them to a psychologist saying, you know, there's something wrong with your daughter. She just isn't learning at the right speed with everybody else. So take her and see if you can get some help because we don't have any resources for her. So she took her to the psychologist. And during the interaction, the doctor asked the mother to step outside the the actual office room with him. And when he left, he popped on the radio. And in the office was a two-way mirror. So the doctor and the mom stood on one side of the mirror watching this little girl in the office. And what did they notice? She was dancing. There was music on. And the doctor turned to the mom and said, there's nothing wrong with your daughter. She's smart. She can do a lot of things. She, however, is a dancer and you need to get her into dance classes in order for her to really sort of tap in and shine where she has the most talent. So today's episode is really about asking you to stop and consider the times in your day when you see your kids using their creativity. When they're problem solving when they're using their critical thinking skills to solve problems and to me that's all creativity is it is not about someone's propensity to become a painter or a photographer or a dancer or have any artistic skill whatsoever creativity really again is at its core being a good problem solver and for me in my entire life That's what I was, a problem solver. I didn't recognize it as such until pretty recently. And more specifically, I'm kind of like a detective. And I had a friend call me the detective because I'm a big tech person. The D-T-E-C-H-tiv, the detective. Because I'm problem solving. I can put on my my investigator's hat and have my, my um, magnifying glass, and I can look into other people's businesses in particular and see things they may not see. And that's me being curious. Again, it has nothing to do with my artistic ability. It's my ability to take a look at a situation and think critically about all the possible solutions that could happen and help someone in their business to grow it, to reach more people, to make a bigger impact. When we think about creativity, though, we cannot take ourselves out of the picture because our kids learn more by watching us than by the words that we say. And if you're a parent, I'm sure that you can totally agree with that because sometimes you'll see your kids doing things and it'll dawn on you that, oh my gosh, I do that. So if your kids aren't seeing you be creative, if they aren't seeing you be the problem solver, then they may not gravitate towards those things either. This last summer when my youngest turned 12, we had a, a slumber party and she invited several of her friends over and they slept in the camper and there was a problem or a challenge we had to overcome. One of her little friends had just colored her hair, dyed it and she wasn't able to get it wet, which was a problem because all the girls wanted to go jump on the trampoline and do it with the sprinklers on. So she didn't really wanna participate and so I said something, just not even thinking about it. I said, well, why don't you just get one of the grocery sacks that we have in our, in our pantry and then tie your hair up into it and then your hair won't get wet. And one of my daughter's other little friends looked at me, I mean, a little girl who's 12, and she says to me, now I know where Daphne gets it. And I had to ask, gets what? And she said, her ideas and her creativity. And I thought, oh, for someone who is as young as 12, who's astute enough to realize that some people just see the world differently and they see that as a positive thing, that was really reassuring for myself, but also for my daughter, who was recognized for that being a skill set. And that really all revolves around creativity. Tasha says, Public schools don't seem to put a lot of effort towards arts and creativity. So true. There's so much emphasis on testing and it's not even just one test anymore. I mean, multiple tests. I feel like my kids are being tested once a quarter anymore. I mean, there's always something. And, you know, those tests have a way of making our kids really nervous, causing a lot of anxiety in our kids that they really honestly don't need as a way for the schools or the government to see how well their new curriculum is doing, it's sort of a backwards way of judging progress, don't you think? I just am not a big fan of anything standardized because we're not standard. Each of us is not a standard issue from the universe, from God, whatever your beliefs are. We're not standard. It's not how we were made. We're made to be these exceptional humans, and by taking away our kids' ability to be creative and problem-solve and experience things like arts classes, which inspire kids to do those very things, I really feel we're doing our kids a disservice. So then, parents, it falls on us to show our kids a different way. We don't have to live in this box. We don't have to go to work and come home and go to bed and do it all over again the next day. There's moments throughout each of our days, even if they're just slices of five minutes, 10 minutes, when you can start asking your kids questions. Get curious about what they're doing Challenge them to come up with a solution to a challenge they're either having in school or maybe one that you're facing even as a parent or a family. Getting our kids curious and having them see this whole world of possibilities exists for them. That is our personal mission. And one that I hope that you'll also embrace because it's through your curiosity and your ability to be creative and problem solve and think critically about something and not come up with a a standard idea, but maybe multiples. That's how we inspire our kids to be creative. So if you're with me and you want to start challenging your kids to engage their problem-solving skills, to engage their critical thinking skills, let me know because there's a bigger discussion at hand. And the fact that this topic was one of my most downloaded episodes back in 2013, and now in 2018, it is still the number one most downloaded episode of the podcast. That to me says that this is a huge hot button topic, especially for parents and especially for parents who are sending their kids to school every day, trusting that our schools are gonna help our kids grow into the adults we desire. But we need to step up and say, you know what? We're rising to the challenge. We as parents are the ones who need to inspire creativity, because without creativity, we are going to be faced with a very bleak future. We need kids who are innovating. We need kids who are creating new solutions for all sorts of things. We need kids to use their problem solving skills to become the leaders for the next generation. So I hope you'll join me on this mission to inspire creativity, not only in ourselves, but in ourselves for the sake of our kids. Thank you so much for tuning in live, catching the replay, or listening on the podcast. I will catch you all next time. Cheers. Ready to get uncomfortable? I challenge you, my friend, to do 100 days of Facebook Live videos right alongside Tasha and I, starting on December 10th. To join in on this free adventure, head over to bit.ly/slash 100 days of FB Live to sign up and join in on the fun. Let's go out there, get uncomfortable, and change our lives in the process.